0: Hi everyone, I've been thinking a lot about uh, D-Day recently as a result of um, the date <clears throat> and then I started thinking about World War Two, just generally speaking and I couldn't help but think of um, some of the great leaders over those times and who can go past the great Sir Winston Churchill. Now, I know we can listen to his words on on YouTube and that they're available to us but I'm going to read his words as if they were my own today. Um, I am Australian. I have many, my parents are both English. I grew up on stories of, um, you know, the bombings uh, of Britain and all the stories around that. Um, And I can't help feel, but very connected to the words of this man and to the trials of the people at the time. So, I'm going to read some excerpts from three of his uh, very famous speeches. We can go into them more detail later, but I thought today we will just touch on these three. Um, firstly, I'd like to talk about his speech to the House of Commons a few days after he got called as Prime Minister, 13th of May, 1940. Um, and I will just begin. On Friday evening... Last, I received from His Majesty the mission to form a new administration. It was the evident will of Parliament and the nation that this should be conceived on the broadest possible basis and that it should include all parties. I have already completed the most important part of this task. A war cabinet has been formed of five members representing, with the Labour, Opposition and Liberals, the unity of the nation. It was necessary that this should be done in one single day on account of the extreme urgency and rigour of events. Other key positions were filled yesterday. I am submitting a further list to the King tonight. I hope to complete the appointment of principal ministers during tomorrow. The appointment of other ministers usually takes a little longer. I trust when Parliament meets again this part of my task will be completed and that the administration will be complete in all respects. I considered it in the public interest to suggest to the Speaker that the House should be summoned today. At the end of today's proceedings, the adjournment of the House will be proposed until Tuesday the 21st of May with provision for earlier meeting if need be. Business for that will be notified to MPs at the earliest opportunity. I now invite the House, by a resolution, to record its approval of the steps taken and declare its confidence in the new government. The resolution is that this House welcomes the formation of a government representing the united and inflexible resolve of the nation to prosecute the war with Germany to a victorious conclusion. To form an administration of this scale and complexity is a serious undertaking in itself. But we are in the preliminary phase of one of the greatest battles in history. We are in action at many other points in Norway, and in Holland, and we have to be prepared in the Mediterranean. The air battle is continuing, and many preparations have to be made here at home. In this crisis, I think I may be pardoned if I do not address the House at any length today, and I hope that any of my friends and colleagues, or former colleagues, who are affected by the political reconstruction will make all allowances for any lack of ceremony with which it has been necessary to act. I say to the House, as I said to ministers who have joined this government, I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears and sweat. We have before us an ordeal of the most grievous kind. We have before us many, many months of struggle and suffering. You ask, what is our policy? I say it is to wage war by land, sea, and air. War with all our might, with all all the strength God has given us, and to wage war against the monstrous tyranny never surpassed in the dark and lamentable catalogue of human crime. That is our policy. You ask, what is our aim? I can answer in one word. It is victory. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terrors. Victory, however long and hard the road may be. For without victory, there is no survival. Let that be realized. No survival for the British Empire. No survival for all that the British Empire has stood for. No survival for the urge, the impulse of the ages, that mankind shall move forward towards his goal. I take up my task in buoyancy and hope. I feel sure that our cause will not be suffered to fail among men. I feel entitled at this juncture, at this time, to claim the aid of all and to say, "Come, then, let us go forward together with our united strength." And uh, excerpt. I, I um. I I love reading through it, and uh, Winston Churchill. I mean he just knew the words that his word choice was amazing a couple of things At the beginning of the speech he lays out all the i mean all the actual politics and the so the structure of the new cabinet that was being put together and in, in essence that there would be a united party that would work together just for the um for the war period and so it gave the ability to make quick choices without having to go through normal steps because you can't do that during more you have to be able to act and act fast and so that's what was put forward and he has the option to try to he he talks really straight um and 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 i love how he he says he's got nothing to offer but blood toil tears and sweat in other words get ready we've got a fight in our hands Do do you understand the task at hand He's preparing his people for the task at hand, making it very clear. And then he, when he says that he has basically what is our aim, and he has one word and it's victory, victory at all costs, it's almost like he's giving permission. You, know, you give someone permission to act in a certain way. It's time to do whatever it takes, truly whatever it takes, to beat the tyranny before us. I mean imagine imagine that conversation. How often do you have a conversation such as that where there is nothing off the table that victory has to be won at all costs uh it's a unique it's a unique set of circumstances now i I'd like to read a bit further from another point. Um, we're going to read a, a speech that was given on the eighteenth of June nineteen forty just carrying on from that and this is after the the French had um, essentially, um, you know, given up or surrendered um, to the Nazis, and this was very disappointing to Sir Winston Churchill and the British because it meant that they were the last, surrounded by all sides by enemies, and that the Germany would now have access to all of uh, France's uh, military might and be able to use it rebranded as Nazi Germany's infrastructure and and, uh, everything that they had at their disposal. So this this caused all sorts of dilemmas. Anyway, I'll continue to read here. We do not yet know what will happen in France or whether the French resistance will be prolonged, both in France and in the French Empire overseas. The French government will be throwing away great opportunities and casting adrift their future if they do not continue the war in accordance with their treaty obligations, from which we have not felt able to release them. The House will have read the historic declaration in which, at the desire of many Frenchmen, and of our own hearts, we have proclaimed our willingness at the darkest hour in French history to conclude a union of common citizenship in the struggle. However matters may go in France, or with the French government, or other French governments. We in this island and in the British Empire will never lose our sense of comradeship with the French people. If we are now called upon to endure what they have been suffering, we shall emulate their courage. And if final victory rewards our toils, they shall share the gains. A. And freedom shall be restored to all. We abate nothing of our just demands. Not one jot or tittle do we recede. Czechs, Poles, Norwegians, Dutch, Belgians have joined their causes to our own. All these shall be restored. What General Weygand called the Battle of France is over. I expect that the Battle of Britain is about to begin. Upon this battle depends the survival of Christian civilization. Upon it depends our own British life and the long continuity of our institutions and our empire the whole fury and might of the enemy must very soon be turned on us. Hitler knows that he will have to break us in this island or lose the war. If we can stand up to him, all Europe may be free and the life of the world may, be, may move forward into broad sunlit uplands. But if we fail, then the whole world, including the United States, including all that we have known and cared for, will sink into the abyss of a new dark age made more sinister and perhaps more protracted by the lights of perverted science. Let us therefore brace ourselves to our duties and so bear ourselves that if the British Empire and its Commonwealth last for a thousand years, men will still say this was their finest hour. Uh, I mean, and speech for that period I can't help but get goosebumps as I actually say those words I mean think about the struggle the thing about I like reading about these things and I put myself you see I, we all have problems in life don't we I mean everyone struggles with different things maybe you're you've, somebody's left or maybe you've got family members who are sick or maybe you're going to court or you've run out of money or whatever it is we all we all face challenges and um, I can't help but, ins- but be inspired by this man's resolve. And he said it many times, if you're in hell, keep going. And success is just going from one failure to the next without losing enthusiasm These Israel, Sir Winston Churchill speak, uh, quotes. And they're true, and he lives it. You see the way in the face of such adversity. And he just lost the French as an ally there, essentially, in that, that they've they've succumbed. Nazi Germany and he's now having to pick up the pieces and carry on and inspire Um, it's just remarkable what he's able to achieve and the um, inspiration he was Um, and the people were bombed I mean the the island England it was all attacked and they had to endure all of that Um, I like how a couple of things he does He, he Taps into what is at stake. Well, what's at stake? Everything. Our civilization, our faith. The whole fury of the enemy is coming upon us. He, um, he, he lays that all out so everybody understands what's at stake. But then he unites them um, with the opportunity to make this their finest hour. That in centuries to come, people will still say this was their finest hour. And you cannot have a finest hour without serious opposition they come hand in hand so if you're facing some opposition embrace it as an opportunity to enjoy a fine moment as you overcome it lastly i read a little speech here a, a summation of a of a bit of a speech uh, two months after that speech he gave another another talk and um there was a lot of air raids going on and the the nazis had far more um, war aeroplanes. They outnumbered the British, um, and despite all of that, the Brits were able to hold them off and, and save. It was an incre- incredibly important victory for the Brits to have, and they were able to hold off the Nazis with inferior numbers. Um, and this is uh, Churchill's um, mention of that. He says, the gratitude of every home in our island, in our empire, and indeed throughout the world, except in the abodes of the guilty, goes out out to the British airmen, who, undaunted by odds, unwearied in their constant challenge and mortal danger, are turning the tide of the world war by their prowess and by their devotion, never in the field of human conflict was so much owed by so many to so few all hearts go out to the fighter pilots whose brilliant actions we see with our own eyes day after day but we must never forget that all the time night after night month after month our bomber squad- squadrons travel far into Germany find their targets in the darkness by the highest navigational skill, aim their attacks, often under the heaviest fire, often with serious loss, with deliberate, careful discrimination, and inflict shattering blows upon the whole of the technical and war ma- making structure of the Nazi power. I, um, I love this because this is, this is something you have to always do. They're in hell. They're suffering, but they have to take the moment to celebrate the courage and the success that they... the, the success that they have when they have it. And he recognises the sacrifice of his people. And I love the line, and it's a famous line. Uh, never in the field of human conflict was so much owed by so many to so few. <clears throat> and... uh The reality is so few can save the many. And the many can save the few. I don't know where you sit. I don't know if you're the few or the many. Um, But no matter where you sit, um, you can have that impact on the many or the few and they can do the same for yourself. I can't believe these people went through what they did. Let's uh, hope and pray that we never have to go through something Like that, if you are going through something like that because you're in a part of the world that is experiencing that, I pray that you'll um, that that the those who are around you that the many or the few will be able to reach out to you as well. Um, Absolute privilege to read the words of the great Sir Winston Churchill. What can be said more about the man other than that he was a legend and uh, his words? will live on forever and as he even said himself for centuries they will say this was their finest hour and truly it was thanks for listening can't wait to speak again soon Um, look forward to sharing some further insights um, at, uh, at the next podcast until then have a great week